0: Yeah, yeah, it's me again. We're back with our second installment of our series with the British citizens of Albion, Andrew Whitland and Adam Dietrich, and Big Code Cards guy himself, Max Hoffman. We had a ton of fun recording this in mid-December, so much so that we had to split the episode into the third installment. Part two will pick up where we left off in episode one. If you haven't heard that, if you haven't listened to that yet, hit pause, go back, and give it a little listen. We focus on how we found our coaches and ended up where we're at now. Be on the lookout for episode three, where we talk about goals and then engulf the rails with some lessons. But for now, let's get on to the show. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to the Beers and Miles podcast. We talk about beers, miles, and whatever else we can manage to jump off topic with. My name is Chris, and we're back at it after a couple weeks. Uh, it is now a completely different season altogether here, I think. I think we're in the winter now. I think the uh, last time we talked was in the fall. It's freezing. Uh, I'm not really enjoying it. But here, we're here. And uh, yeah, we're gonna start like we always start. We're gonna open up a beer. We are starting with Masthead Brewing Company's Haunted Hayride Pumpkin Ale. This comes from our friends up in Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, we're gonna enjoy this really quickly here. Um, As always, if you enjoy the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. I'll leave a nice comments on iTunes. Uh, I think you can actually go five-star on Spotify now, which is really cool. So if you want to do that, go ahead and do that. If you want to share it on your your story, we'd really appreciate it. Share it to your friends. Share it to your enemies. Share it to your dog. Share it to your mom. Uh, Share it to your... Yeah, that's all I got. Maybe your cat. Maybe your cat will enjoy it, but I don't know. Who knows? Um, We are back with not our usual suspects. Um, I don't know where they're at right now. Uh, I think Keen is hanging out with Barkley. Uh, Nicole is getting ready for bed, and uh, Brent. Brent's uh, I don't know doing Brent things. So uh, we'll have him back on the podcast for a future episode because we have some. Uh, we have a special guest for the next one that you're going to enjoy. But we're talking about things today, and uh, we are back with uh, with part two of our podcast uh, series. We enjoyed the first part of our podcast talking about. Some stories of some new guests here on the podcast uh, not, Actually, no, you've been on the podcast before So uh, introducing first, reintroducing first Allow me to reintroduce himself His name is Max
1: Well, what an, what an illustrious introduction I feel honored to be on the Beers and Miles podcast For the second time, Chris So
0: It's not the second time You've been on it three times, four times Oh, I guess those were a little bit more informal Than,
1: than what we have going on today But yeah, uh, a friend of the pod
0: Friend of the pod uh, and let's drink the beer. Let's try this out real quick. Oh, yeah, cheers. cheers. Thank
1: you. Oh, yeah. Tastes like Cleveland. Gritty. I,
0: I, I don't... I, I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> I, I, I didn't think I'd get there. I'll let you sit on that one for a little bit. <laughs> uh, I, I will. I will. I think I'll have a little bit more to talk about once we get to the next alcohols. Uh, next up, we have uh, our first of our British citizens of Albion. Uh, we have... <laughs> Uh, Andrew Whitland, how you doing? Doing great, man. Glad to be back for, uh, for round two. Glad I made the cut, and uh, very honored. We had a lot of people send in some hate messages about it. Uh, we decided to not pay attention to them, uh, or what they felt, or what they said, or the people that were, uh, I don't know, not really happy about the last episode, uh, with your, your vulgarity, uh, and the vulgarity of the other predictions citizen on this podcast, and b <laughs>
2: I didn't think my, I, didn't think, I think mine was that bad, but
0: good. I think he means by the
3: hate mail. He means like my ah. parents being like, Andrew, tone it down. And they said, Andrew, tone it the fuck down. All right. <laughs> hey, it's always <laughs> shout out to
2: Bill and Kathy, but great to be here. Oh, it's the best, great be best. Here, guys. Great to do this again. Had a lot of fun last time. So I'm happy we're doing it again.
0: So what do you guys enjoying to drink right now? Or what what is drinking?
3: Yeah, so we'll give a shout-out to Decora, Iowa, Toplin Goliath Brewing. I, I This was like, um, I felt so lucky finding this. This is the Pineapple Papaya Fandango. So kettle sour with uh, pineapple and papaya. Um, I found the very last single can at my favorite liquor store, Rishi's International Beverage on 28th Street. Shout-out. Um, yeah, really good. A great all times of the year. So I thought
0: I'd break out one of my favorites for uh, some of my favorite people tonight. That's a great beer. I've had. A, not, I haven't had that one, but I've had the Cherry Fandango. Um, that one's if great. You're as well. in Columbus, uh, don't go. I I love this place, but there's a theater in the area that sells alcohol, and they were selling it for a dollar an ounce. It's dumb. Oh, so good. we like That's ended up good. buying. We ended up buying pints, and it ended up costing us thirty-two dollars, and then we went the tip. It, it hurt. It hurt a lot. Jeez. Uh, but that that beer's fantastic. I think it's the, the Cherry Fandango is the closest that I can get to a Belgian red consistently and be be able to have. So. Nitru, what are you
2: enjoying? I've got a classic lime goes, just because I'm taking it easy after, you know, the, we're doing the whole, uh, Chris and Woody and us, we're doing the whole, like, 20 days of, like, advent beer, calendar type thing. So, for a, uh, classic lime goes from One Well Brewing in Kalamazoo, so local, and, uh, yeah. Hoping it tastes pretty good. I have Mm, not actually tried this before, so, but that was kind of the spirit of the whole thing that we're doing, right, is trying new things, so...
0: Oh shit! I haven't posted this one. I think I had a different beer yesterday, so I can post it on that. Cool. Uh, yeah, we're doing like a twenty-day advent calendar kind of thing where we're just talking about our beers, the different beers that we have. So oh, cool! That's so awesome. A lot of fun. Uh, but I think we'll have a beer. We'll have a a, a boot on Friday as our as our beer. So yeah, we will. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah. So let's 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 get back uh, to where we were at before. Uh, I think we got through pretty much everybody's stories about how they ended up getting to the. Uh, Getting past college, uh, a lot of, un, I guess, a lot of just unfinished business across the board. Um, so, I guess, let's start off with, um, I don't know, how do we want, I, I mean, let's, let's roundtable it. Like, how do, <clears throat> of course I'm going to be able to cut this out, so, uh, <coughs> I, um <laughs> We've all hit the roads except for Dietrich. And we talked a little bit about how it's a tougher tougher route to go to but like how has the process been completely trans and we'll start with like we'll start with the Marathoners first or the soon to be Marathoners first. Uh <laughs> how is that that introduction to the marathon and, and and getting getting a chance to like really dip your toes in from going from like five K, ten K out to marathoning? I can start with that one. Um, I think to wrap it all around, where I left off
3: in the last episode, we were talking about how I I felt that college running had ended okay, and then I kind of took a step back and I became kind of like a hermit (laughs) in life and running. I, I just like I was having a difficult time with that transition post college, and running was really on the back burner. So it was uh, not very high mileage. I ran over 10 miles a day. One day, it was a big day. So um, that was after I'd run my Boston qualifier too. So I did that right after college, ran the Bayshore Marathon. So I, I was in for the Boston Marathon at that point, but I didn't know how seriously I would take it. I was scaled back from running, just kind of was unsure about everything. And I i think you know i think this is common with running there wasn't like a snap moment or like an aha moment that like made me 180 and want to just get all the motivation back i think it was just slow and gradual i did a road race in the fall of 2019 and i thought i would take a week off afterwards it was like a 10 mile race and so i um i did but then the monday came around after the race and I went out for a run then tuesday I went out for a run and just kind of kept going and then I was seeing, you know, that was the fall of 2019. Chicago came around. New York came around. I was seeing these people I knew running really fast. And so I was like, you know, maybe we'll get some competitive goals together for Boston. And I, the, the first and foremost part of that was I had to figure out how to train. Because <laughs> that that Boston qualifier that I ran at Bayshore, I I think I said in the last episode, I had no, I, want, I need to underscore, I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, I was on 5K, 10K training at that point. And so I was really slogging into the finish. So I had told myself if I was going to run another marathon, well, I had to really figure out like how to train for a marathon, how to peak and do all that stuff. So I think it was uh, New Year's Eve, uh, our good friend, Adam Dietrich, came over to my house, and he just kind of told me, he was like, um, yeah, I was out running with a couple guys. One of them Zach Ornelis. And apparently he coaches guys like post collegiately, you know. Uh, maybe you should, maybe you should reach out to him about that. And, you know, it was middle of New Year's Eve, we're r- drinks deep. I was like, yeah, sure, yeah, totally. Um, so, and I knew who Zach was, like, cause I'm like, you know, a stat head. Like, I, 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 know who like the big Michigan runners are. I love paying attention to that stuff. So I knew who Zach was. So I was like, uh, next week rolls around. and I'm like, you know, maybe I should reach out to Zach. So I, I just, uh, I don't know, if Chris, I don't know if you ever heard this story. I just kind of cold DM'd him on Instagram. and was like, hey, man, like, I've run this for the marathon. Uh, I, this is my running back round, like TLDR of it. Would you, would it be possible for you to, like, maybe do some a marathon training plan for me? And he reached back. I was like, yeah, sure. Let's have a call this weekend. And uh, it hit it off instantly. And he really, uh, I, I was really liking kind of training he set up and it was it was different for sure because i think one of the first things he told me was that we were going to have one day off a week and i was one of especially in college i was one of those very mental runners so absolutely i ran all seven days but if i took like one day off it would get in my head and i'd be like oh man like i'm i'm taking steps back um but and i know chris D train i've talked about this before since we're all coached by zach Nowadays, that one day off, I cannot imagine not having it. It's so nice, especially, you know, it's... Damn it, Chris. <laughs> I, as I was saying, I cannot imagine. Dietrich's dabbing, man. This is, this is going off the rails quick. This is league, um... man. <laughs> this,
1: guy's
2: ch- this guy's trying to but... tell his life story, and we're out here. Like...
0: <laughs> we're out of here.
3: Always have been. Anyways, yeah. So um, the one day off, it, it just. But then um, that's been nice. But really, adjusting to the marathon training was um, it. I kind of liked it because I always liked doing more mileage, and it felt just in my wheelhouse. So in terms of the training, it was going well, and I was feeling good about it. And then, of course, you know, March twenty twenty comes around. Boston gets canceled. I was really, I was really pissed about that. But obviously, understanding of the circumstances we were all in, and so, so um,
0: we'll put a we'll put a pause there because it kind of yeah. goes into. I, w- I want to get into, I guess, how each person met their coach. So essentially, it's going to be three of us talking about how we met Zach, and then Max talking about how he met his coach. Yeah. So uh, Max, on your end, wait, um, Max isn't coached by Zach? Why is
3: he in this podcast? I don't. Oh know.
1: God. I'm sorry, guys. I should probably just disconnect. Out, uh, out. <laughs> oh,
0: so for you. Yeah. You like, I, I guess that the conversation goes from here is like, because like, like the transition from college to post grad, there's more than just going and saying, like, well, shit, we're just going to keep running. You're not running with your coach anymore. You're not running with the guys as much as you want to sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, for you, you were running, you were your grad assistant. But like, when did the cut happen from you being coached from your college coach? Or just do basically jumping into training with them uh, to where you're at now. And was it tough for you to go and say, like, the last four years I've been trained by the same person? Am I going mm-hmm. to trusting in somebody else?
1: Yeah, that's actually a really interesting point. So I'm actually coached by my high school coach, uh, Travis, which is it's pretty cool. But it's it's funny you mentioned that, like how that split happened, because my senior year of college, I, I specifically reached out to him. And Travis and I have had this, like, really cool relationship, like, we've kept in touch while I've been in college, like, he'd always text me after races, Um, just, like, you know, been keeping up since I was in high school, and I reached out to him my senior year, I was like, hey, like, you know, it's senior track, like, I think after I finish this thing up, you know, I really want to transition to the roads, do you think you could coach me? Um, So it's funny, because it was a little bit pre-planned in a way, and then obviously, right, COVID, COVID-19 happens in our world, kind of, kind of just is. goes on pause, right? That's yeah, it. what is it? What, what is, is it? Like, oh, we're going to get flagged now <laughs> for being, like, look up, contact your local health officials for info on COVID-19. And um, don't remember to check <laughs> the boilage. Yeah, check it. Um, but it was, uh, it was nice because it was just a really transition. Um, so, right, everything gets canceled and take some time away from running after that and then kind of jumped into a, a training plan with my high school coach. Um, so that was that was really cool. It was an interesting transition because how he does things is kind of the complete opposite of how we trained in college. Um, you guys could probably relate to this, but when you're in college, right, it's kind of like every workout is kind of hard and you might lose kind of the sense of a workout, right? Like a tempo run can turn into a pretty hard threshold run um, pretty quickly when you're around some guys who are, are eager and working hard. Um, so it took some time to kind of, you know, learn a new training system. Um, but working with them, you know, right away, I saw my personal best drop like pretty significantly. I think like from 5K, k went from like 1507 to like 1436 in like four months. Um, dropped like 40 seconds off my 10k so it was just like I don't know it was nice to see those changes and, and just train in a new way that from what I'd been doing doing for the three years prior um, and then I kind of found my way to the roads right because that's for a lot of folks the next logical step after you leave college and I, I can say you know I haven't had the chance to marathon like you've alluded to um, I was supposed to this December I was, supposed to marath- I was supposed to have my debut three days ago at uh, CIM yeah. but Obviously, that was derailed by a little setback. Um, so,
0: so, so going back a little bit on that, yeah, because uh, I mean, e- even from there, I, I think there is just something to be said about even college training. It, it's, I don't necessarily think it's a whole situation. I think it's across the across the board across the country. Like, I don't necessarily think it's the the training itself that ends lends itself to people like hammering it out. It's just like essentially it's it's being with the boys or or like i guess both sides like being with the women or being with the boys it's like you're just pushing each other and you're running hard and like you're running hard for the team but in reality you're probably running a little too hard than you should <laughs> yeah so like when it gets to individualized training it just kind of changes a little bit and also really quickly i didn't want to shout out to travis uh second, podcast. second splat podcast like absolutely fantastic listen like it's not even that like I really like Travis it's that his podcast is very good he has a podcast episode on um is it, uh, is it uh, Bill Rogers? yeah the Bill
1: Rogers Boston episode is fantastic incredible yeah, and he's, that's a great listen
0: he's very much like a student of the sport he's mm-hmm. had some great uh, some great guests on it would highly recommend it one of the best podcasts to listen to now I don't really listen to many running podcasts but definitely one I would I would highly recommend um, I do want to so it's
1: funny you mentioned that because Travis um, obviously he was my high school coach and he coaches you know a lot of guys that we run with now it's, it's funny because he didn't really run in high school um, he did like recreationally to like get in shape for basketball but he never ran in college and you know he kind of fell in, ru- in love with running you know after he finished college um, and got into it and now he's just a total you know running nerd like always, you know, very much a student (coughs) of sport, looking up new training philosophies, um, implementing with, like, folks he coaches. So, it's just, it's interesting because he doesn't maybe necessarily have that same background that we all share, you know, where we grew up with running and we we lived it, we breathed it for our time in college. So, it's just kind of cool to see to where he's gotten now in the sport and, yeah. and just how much he gives back to it.
0: Absolutely. I ran with him last week or the week before and with the entire group and we we're in the back just kind of just chatting about things about like the early 2000s mm-hmm. and like, about like different programs and how they're like, they're running and like different coaches, different things like that. Like he's incredibly methodical in terms of how he, how he trains people. And like, it's very scientific. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like, I mean, that's one thing you'll see with a lot of coaching too. It's like a lot of really great coaches actually weren't runners themselves. Uh, It doesn't happen too, too often, but it happens quite a bit, like, it happens a lot in, like, high school for some reason, but, like, you'll see, like, people are just, like, treated kind of like science itself, and then, like, it's trial and error, it's a lot of trial and error, but, um, yeah, so, from from there, um, I mean, heading out to longer stuff, was that the plan immediately, like as soon as you finish college. That, I mean, you said your plans were hit the roads a little bit, but like the roads are a little bit different from, hey, you were running 5K, 10K, or 8K cross, mm-hmm. to hi, we're going to add double to that and run a yeah. half marathon. We weren't even going talk about the marathon because that's still a thing within the future, but like even hitting the half, mm-hmm. like how was how that kind of approached that?
1: Yeah, so I was initially very um kind of against it because you know you leave college and you know DJ and I talked about it on the last podcast <laughs> a little bit. When you when you end your college career on pretty much the worst foot possible and then your track season gets canceled, you have a little bit of fire under you, right? Um so I was like, man, I can't even think about the roads. Like I gotta run a good three K, I gotta run a good five K before I can even really think about that stuff. So I was a little bit hard headed the first Probably like five or six months that Travis coached me and really like, you know, wanted to focus on PRing in those shorter events and, you know, it was during COVID-19, right? So like there were no races happening. It was all getting four or five guys together for a time trial and trying to run fast. So um, that's what we did for a little bit. But then, you know, once things started to clear up a little bit and there were some races available, that's when he really started to kind of like suggest, hey, you know, maybe we should take a look at a half marathon and step up to that distance. And, you know, in college, I was definitely, um, I was a guy who loved mileage. I hated taking days off. I was like, the longer, the better. You know, that was definitely my, kind of my mindset. So, um, after a little bit of, after a little bit of, uh, you know, convincing had to be done, you know, I was, I was eager to to take a stab at something new. Um, That was uncharted territory. And that was, that was actually in Toledo, which, we we ran that race together. That I was had, a really fun weekend.
0: I had no idea that was your your debut.
1: Yeah, that was my first one, man. When we uh, stayed at that 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 really weird hotel across the street from a uh, was it Applebee's where we had dinner the
0: night before? Yep. Yep. What a magical evening that was. Yeah. Meanwhile, like everybody's taking it seriously, including myself. Well, no, I, I went to I went to a meetery right before that, uh, and and then meanwhile, Brayden's having three bonies. Uh, <laughs> and then kicking my ass. he, he got mad
1: at me for setting an alarm
0: to shake out. He's like,
1: dude, why are you getting up so early? I'm like, man, our race starts at like six AM. <laughs>
3: uh, Max, I think I remember um so I was in that race too. We won't get into my race. Um but wait, you were there on
1: that magical that magical morning until I,
3: I got turned around when I didn't need to get turned around, but that's mm. we won't get into that. Oh <laughs> um,
1: that's a that's a no, scandal.
3: The thing I will say was that um I think I remember watching like the the local news footage of the race Mm -hmm. and
1: correct me if i'm wrong but did you like immediately collapse when you crossed the line oh yeah dude i i that was the first half i've ever run and to this day like the most painful because my like travis well you ran fast i ran like for my first one i think i was like 68 oh one or two yeah but like travis told me like hey man like this is your first one like take it out conservative you know just kind on the back, <laughs> and I went. I went straight to the front, and I was like, I was leading. I was like, dude, this is this feels so easy. And then obviously, you know, it, it then gets, you got
0: through Ottawa, and it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, it because like they, they, <laughs> they had told us ahead of that race that was like it was advertised as flat. That was uh, dog oh, shit.
1: Fabricated. I was told that too.
0: Fabricated. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, and. So you probably did see me on the news, like sprawling on like the the, the, the ground of the glass bowl, like writhing in pain. Yeah, Or no, I was saying like that's a, I think that's that dude from Otterbein, and I was like, oh wow,
3: he's
0: he not having a good time right now. I think he's dying. I think they just brought out the uh, the the little machine that starts. <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, it, it, it is a pause. We're drinking uh, a pretentious American sour, a pretentious brewing house. Hal- pretentious. Barrel House from Columbus, Ohio. This is salad. It's a 5.6% sour. I really don't know what's in it because it doesn't really say what's in it. So, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but that race was dumb. I still, like... I don't... I like to bat No, I, I don't really give a shit. I'll bash a local race. <laughs> like... That race was so
2: many
1: problems.
2: To local race immediately bashes
1: them.
0: I don't like to bash a local race. Toledo, are you listening? Yeah. <laughs> because you know what? First and foremost, I'm a hater. Uh, so, uh, Toledo, they sent off half the field like the wrong way, um, and then from there for the finishers, uh, they had the clock messed up. Yeah. So I had a bet with Kira D'Amato during that time And if it was, I beat her PR at the time I think it was like 68.50 Then I got, I got I got a beer package from Richmond Which would have been great If I lost, well I sent her a beer package myself uh, Yeah, so it said like 68 lows, I was like, holy crap, I ran like a monster today Wow Nope, nope, nope It was like 69.30 something Not. It, it was the most like tease that I've, oh Running still nice. Life. I, I I will add. Oh sorry, I didn't mean no, to. No, uh,
1: I was
2: going to say still
1: nice. <laughs> oh, <No. laughs> very nice. My my last piece of hate for that marathon, which we've had plenty. You can actually, wait, you could probably add more because you were part of the corral that got sent the wrong direction, which is absolutely absurd that that happened. But the end of that race is insane. <laughs> you take like you take like five hard. Right turns in like the last 400 meters, 90 degree, 90 yeah, degree. You're just like cutting, degree. and your legs are obviously toasted because
0: you've been racing for you know an hour plus, yeah. So, I, I don't know. Uh, last year, last year was uh, last year was worse. So, like, I again, first and foremost, I'm a hater. Um, this year's marathon, uh, the tracker had it at like I think it was like 3.5 miles. 15.4 miles and then like 22 point something. How the hell am I supposed to know what pace they're on at 15.4 miles? That means nothing to me. They had no other mats there, it was awful. And then from there, i have a bone to pick with a three hour pace here from this year. If you find him and you know who he is, I just wanna talk, I just wanna talk. Cause this <laughs> man, this man took one of my athletes through and was like, apparently half to the halfway mark was like, yeah, we're a couple minutes ahead of schedule. For a three-hour marathon, he's a couple of minutes ahead of schedule for the for the half marathon point. He was supposed to be running 6.32s, He's running 6.38s. You're supposed to pace people. I have a problem with you, sir. We'll we'll talk one yeah, day. That's really bad. Just talk.
1: The ball's in your court, Toledo. How are you going to respond? I, I will say
3: um, to to um, you, you know while we do like to be player haters. You know, um, someone, somebody say Chris is, is the nastiest hater of the year.
0: That is for hater of the year.
3: (laughs) Um, I will say the, um, race organizer, um, after the incident happened with my corral was, uh, actually called me directly and and apologized. And, um, so he's, he's a very good, he's a very nice guy. I think there's, you know, every race has its quirks. Um, but, uh, he, at, at the core of it, he's a nice guy and I think they're, they're trying their best.
1: Sounds like what he's in the pocket of the Toledo Marathon.
0: Yeah. he I can't, I can't. paid off. <laughs> he got a free entry for the following year. That's why he's cool with it.
3: I mean, I can't I can't complain about a free entry. Was, things ain't cheap these days.
0: I can complain about anything. <laughs> like, I can complaining You're about shooing. I You're mind. shooing. <laughs> uh, but gen, genuinely, I really hope they, they do get it together for this year. Because like, I really like Toledo. I I have a connection to Toledo because I used to work there and I that's the reason why I was really happy to run it. So I hope they do really well. You know, what potential to be race.
3: you know what I'm interested in? Shoot. I'm interested to see if uh, Adam Dietrich runs the Toledo half.
1: Now that's something that actually the let's run boards have been buzzing about. <laughs> yeah. Let's hear about let's hear about Dietry's, Dietry's
0: journey to the roads. So Dietry, let's hear about your journey to meeting Mr. Zachary or Nellis.
2: Uh yeah. So I think I talked last pod about a bunch of friends of mine that were still running for U of M at the time, um, which is what kept me running, really, Um, because that summer was super nice because I didn't have to think about anything. I could just join them on their runs. Um, But Zach, who was a U of M alum, obviously, joined joined us on, like, an easy run one day, and we just had a good group. We were just, you know, classic easy run, just chilling, talking, good banter and stuff like that. And so every now and then he would show up on a couple runs. Um, at the time, he was still living, like, in the city right next to mine. Um, so, like, we'd always run at the orchards and stuff like that. And then uh, it was funny how Woody tells a story that, like, I introduced, like, him to Woody to, as a coach because, like, he was not coaching me at that time. <laughs> like Like, it was just like, oh, yeah, I know this dude. Like, apparently he coaches. He's not coaching me, but you should reach out to him. <laughs> like, so he did obviously and it worked out because um, at the time uh, I was still doing whatever my friends were doing that summer and then once that ended they went back to school in the fall and I was like yeah I can't keep getting their training plans from their coach that would be really weird and not okay um that's when I like was I actually helped that day I remember I helped pace Zach through like two miles of a 5k or whatever he was doing or like I can't
0: was it a 10K? no and he ran that like was a different day, um,
2: but he did run. I did pace him for that too, and that he balled out on. Um, but there was a different day, he was for like, I was pacing him through or something, and I was like, Yeah, like, do you want to like coach me now? Because, like, because like I can't do that anymore. And he's like, Yeah, dude, like, I'll send you something like in a couple days. And I was like, Okay, like, it was really that nonchalant, like, Hey, do you want to coach me? Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then I heard back from him, like, I just texted him like a couple days later so like yeah that's how it happened that's uh, but at that point we were already pretty good friends so it was like pretty easily just like yeah dude like he was i think he was trying to like do it anyway already like he was kind of like itching like telling me like certain things to yeah. do like and i was like all right man just go for it yeah
0: <laughs> which I, I think it does like kind of moves up, moves up the conversation of like I think how how we're talking about this, is kind of like our stories is like, I guess the goal, the goal for me with this is like, there's a lot of similarities of why we're still doing this. And for a lot of people, it's kind of wondering why, what's their why and how they get it. How do they like, how to have long, long how to have consistency and longevity in the sport uh, post-college. I think that's, that's the main goal for me with this is like, and, and there's a lot of things that that come about with that so like i think we've all been in a situation where like we leave college and then our essentially our training plan is whatever my friend's doing <laughs> i'm just gonna jump in a workout i think i should be doing eight to ten miles a day and then hey what are you doing for workout all right i'll jump in this workout and uh and essentially that's the end of how, how training goes uh and then maybe you throw a race in there, uh, and then it just kind of goes from there. Uh, but it was kind of like the same way for me. It was like, I didn't really have a plan. I just knew like, oh, I just have a, a goal for like, I think right when I moved here, it was like, let's get up to 50, 55 miles a week and kind of see where it goes from there. Uh, and then I got hurt. And uh, then I just like stopped really running, like training consistently. I would just go to pub runs and like would run like 530, 540 or like six flats. For like every pub run on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then drink beers with people, and that was basically all I did. Uh, and then uh, I, going back to that, I, I think I told him the first episode of how I ended up marathoning was like just on a drunk, drunk sign up. Um, but I remember like after Boston, well, I, I think Boston was a connection to Zach. I've known Zach for over ten years uh, at that point, just from like cat message boards. Um, but it was uh, it was right before Boston. I remember him giving me advice. He gave me a little bit of advice for my first marathon and gave me like kind of a 10, 10, 10 uh, like 10, 10 10 strategy, but then gave me advice before Boston. and he actually gave me a call, like the night before like or the, the Friday before. And I remember I was like eating lobster i was like a, i go to i go up to portland maine and i have lobster every time it's great respect yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i remember him calling me and he's like dude i'm so excited that you're doing boston like he sounded more excited for a race than i was and like he wasn't even coaching me and so he like told me and gave me a bunch of advice about it and then at that point i was like <clears throat> goal was i wasn't want i didn't want to run boston then i ended up signing up for boston then I ended up, I was like, okay, this sounds pretty cool. This whole marathon thing, is, I guess it's not for the birds. And then I end up, like, saying, all right, once Boston's done, I'm, I'm going to go back to the short stuff. I'm going to go back to the, the 5K, 10K stuff. I'm going to go, like, I still want to challenge PRs. Because I, I think the whole thing of it is, is, like, when you've run those distances for such a long time, you just kind of get addicted to trying to beat those times. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to let that go. It's, like, it's really hard to let go, like trying to be like trying to break the 5k PR, trying to break your 10k pr uh it's trying to go, like not doing steeple or anything like that and it's like all right well i want to still go to the roads and try to break 15. i still want to go to the roads and like and try to run well or i want to do some track races and i want to do the 3k i want to do the mile i want to i want to break some prs because like just like i haven't broken them in like in, in a couple of years um, but then I ran Boston and like it didn't go as well as I wanted it to, but then I was like, well, there's potential here because I lost an entire month of training, and so around 234, I'm like, baby. You. So I remember talking to Zach and being like, hey, I kind of did this on my own. Uh, and my training, my training was essentially <laughs> I don't think I did any workouts until I got up to 90. But I did 70, 70, 80, 80, 90, 90. And I got to the Friday before I was supposed to hit 100. And I was going to do some workout that I found on Let's Run. It was 12 times 1K at 520 pace for 200 jog. At least you had a good place to get workouts. That's <laughs> a lot of stuff. I will say, Let's Run, if you if you do your own search bar, the right kind of search bar, you can. Like, I've gotten myself off an Achilles injury, off of just like Let's Run, doing a, a lot of uh, just. Uh, searching a bunch of like uh rehab stretches like that actually saved my ass one time like i would just i did all these stretches and i went to uh uh i went out and was like yeah so you've been doing everything you should be doing uh i, I think you're gonna put you're gonna say uh the yeah, so for all the kids at home
1: listen to chris go right on let's run don't listen to anything your coach says <laughs>
0: right <off> <laughs> but i remember just going around the corner of like one of the 1ks and my my uh, achilles started burning and I thought I tore my Achilles. It was like, it was like with the original Maple Flies and original Zoom Flies. It was like, it ruined me. Uh, but then, I, like I finished Boston and I remember reaching out to Zach and I had searched for his coach because uh, I kind of was like, I kind of embarrassed to ask him, like, hey, can you coach me? Uh, and like, because I didn't know if he would. <laughs> and so I was like, hey, who coaches you? And he's like, dude, I can coach you. I was like, Really? He's like, yeah, man. Just like, should be, should be a text. And I was like, cool. <laughs> it was like the most nonchalant way of like. And I think it's been the rest the most nonchalant way we've been. Through, but like, like being at, like having app, uh, being coached. But it was it like sounds
2: like Whittius was the most formal, and that was like an Instagram DM. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I didn't know this
0: Please, sir. Please, sir. Can would, I have some would, coaching? Would y'all, like, hey, <laughs> y'all got any
2: more of that coaching? Like, hey, Zach,
0: you up? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but i would say it was tough like because like i i think on the other side i because i've coached people even when i was in grad school i was coaching some of the laverne guys um uh, it was easier for me to not have a connection with like coaching because like my undergrad coach like didn't accept me back on like didn't let me back on the team as far as like uh when i graduated so I was just like, okay, fuck you, dude. Like, I don't really like your training anyways. Um, and then uh, then we got to grad school. It was a lot more collaborative. Like, Croy was fantastic. He was taking over the entire program. And, like, a lot of it was pretty collaborative. And he gave me a lot of freedom of being able to, like, set my own workouts and, like, and even set my own, like, training schedule for how much miles I wanted to run. Um, I think with everybody else, he had schedules for them just because they knew, what like, they didn't really know what they were doing. But, like, with myself was, like especially, like, my last year was, like, he kind of trusted that I knew what I was doing at this point because of just how conversations went and, like, how much I've studied on, like, running and stuff. Uh, But I think the hard thing for me was, and I think it's a hard thing for a lot of people, is when you've run this sport for such a long time, it's hard to be able to, when you're doing it on your own for a little bit, let let go of those reins and say, like, I'm going to go back to having somebody coach me. And that was a tough thing for me because I was like, I think I can coach myself. And I was like, I think I coached myself to sub 230. But then it was like, there was so much more to it that I needed to learn. Um, that was, I don't think, I, I generally think I would not have been, at, I, I would have gotten to the level without a coach.
1: It's hard because when you're coaching yourself, like you'll always naturally gravitate to doing those things that you're already pretty good at. Like, none of us really want to do things that we suck at. Like, for me, that's hills. That's, like, short sprints. Speaking of which, um, what
2: did I do today?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's, like, it's you need someone in your ear to kind of say, like, hey, like, yeah, that's you have a really great aerobic base and you can crush tempo runs, but if you want to be any good at, you know, the 5K, 10K, you got to work on that pure speed. So just, like, having someone in your ear who can, like, kind of – kind of level you out and, and incorporate those things that you might necessarily do, it's, like, really important to have. Even if you have been in this sport for, like, you know, eight, nine, ten years, like, you still need someone. I think it's really nice to have someone who can, who can kind yeah, of balance I, that. I think that's a really good Yeah. Go ahead. And, I think it was... And that's just oh, the thing...
3: Oh, sorry, Dietrich.
2: <laughs> yeah, you bet no. Uh, we, got, we got a I gridlock think, here. Um, actually, when Chris <laughs> was saying that, I kind of believe the exact opposite thing. I was very... Like, I'm very happy to let somebody else do like come up with my training plan like um i just don't want to think about it while i'm at work or any of that other stuff as far as like oh what am i gonna do today or like when i wake up in the morning like trying to decide what is gonna fit in where as far as like what i'm gonna do like for me it was so much easier just to like let somebody else worry about that specifically someone who i know like is a good friend of mine and that has my best interests like it at heart like I said the same thing to another friend of ours, like, who we talked about last time, Kyle, like, who, when he was, like, struggling with, like, running, I was like, dude, just have somebody else, like, now, and then Kyle was getting coached by Zach for a little bit, and it was like, yeah, dude, just reach out to him, like, that way you don't have to think about it, you don't have to second-guess yourself every single, like, because that's another thing, like, I would second-guess myself so easily, as far as, like, if anything went wrong in, like, a workout plan, it's like, oh, it must have been something I did, like, Something either I came up with was wrong, or something I did, like I didn't execute it well, and then suddenly you're kind of in this whole tailspin of like your um, confidence going downhill. Blah 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 blah. I didn't like. I don't want to deal with any of that. So like, you, if you find someone who has shown they know what the, that, sh- who's shown they know what they're doing, like it's so much easier to just kind of let them take the reins and like you have trust in them as long as like you build that rapport with them, that you have trust in them, that they can handle like getting you fit, at least again. Yeah, I think
3: there's, yeah, I think there's something to be said about being a lifelong learner in the sport. The, the whole thing I think you guys kind of talked about, it, it's humbling a little bit, because especially for people like us, you know, we ran in high school, we ran in college, you walk out of that, and you, you kind of think you know a thing or two, right? Um, but especially when you move up in distance to something like the marathon or the half there's just like it's completely different territory you know you weren't coached on that in in college or anything below that so i think there's something to be said about keeping that open mind and wanting to learn more and i think that's that's a big thing that i enjoy about kind of still having a coach is that um you know zach is has a great wealth of knowledge with running Uh, through all of his years and I think that uh, you know I'm not afraid to ask him you know about some stuff about training or just stuff about running in general because I think that you know as communal of a sport as running is that help helping understand other people's experiences and their knowledge that they can impart onto you makes you better and can help push your training forward so I think it's I think it's beneficial as a whole and I think it's also just beneficial having finding the right fit You know, and someone who understands, uh, I I think I can speak for Chris Dietrich myself that the nice thing with Zach is that he understands that running isn't our lives, you know, that we work full time jobs and he's a busy guy himself. So I think knowing that you have to fit around running, and him being flexible, that he has to fit running around life the same way that we do, it's uh, it really helps. Kind of that mutual understanding and it helps. I think just it, is, it, it gets it speaks to that longevity that you know it can create that healthy balance and you have kind of a, a guiding force to help you with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and going back real quick on, on what Max said, I got to reward re- a reinforced point a little bit there is that the point you said about it's like you really enjoy, like when you're coaching yourself, you tend to really just focus on things you really like doing. <laughs> Um, it's such a really really important point because it's like I, I just remember like if, if it's so easy just to continue to do the same things over and over again and be like well I'm just really good at these workouts so like <laughs> yeah let's just keep doing this just keep hammering this, it's great and it's like but then there's also a thing where like you don't there's no kind of accountability either so, like, if you're just, like, you want to take a day off and you're coaching yourself, well, you can be lazy. It. It's, like, for me, I, that was the biggest thing for me is, like, accountability. Like, 100%. I know that I can't be accountable for myself. Like, I give a shit a lot about, like, I, I, I give a shit about, about about this. Like, even the last couple of weeks, like, Zach hasn't been coaching me. and I've, been, um, I've just been kind of just, like, hamming it up and doing what I want to do. But, like, then in like the couple weeks that I'm like, all right, let's get back serious about it, it's so that I can actually be like, hey, Zach, I'm ready to train again. Because I'm not going to give you a half-ass, like, me being out of shape and, like, saying, hey, you can train me. Because that, that's not fair. I, I don't want to disrespect his time and say, like, I want to be coached right when I'm out of shape. I want to be coached when I have a couple of weeks of bass and then think I'm ready to do workouts again. I'm not trying. Like, I don't need to talk to you about doing bass I'm, I'm dis- and like. like and you, and I've done this long enough to know that what it takes to do paste. like there's not much of a conversation there, um, but it's also a thing where it's like, okay, well, let's. I'm ready to go do it. Let me know what I need to do, and I'll be accountable for what I need to be doing. Uh, and I, I, I appreciate the the help that I'm getting. Um, then on the other side, like that happy balance of like fitting that into your life without it being a like I, I think with college you're so used to that being like running being the be-all and all and i think for a lot of us that so we ran in college running might have taken more priority over our studies um because <laughs> i think i've been more pissed off about I, i've been more pissed off about races and i've like let that ruin my entire week i've never let a bad test I was, my week. The same thing. <laughs> I, I was just like... thinking the same
2: thing i was like the same thing i was like i had races <laughs> where my day is absolutely just done where, like, I'll leave an exam and just be like, eh, hey, I'll get it next time.
3: Honor roll students. Honor roll students. I, students roll. I
2: don't want to hear it. I did make it one semester. <laughs> yeah, I
3: yeah, I know. We put it on the fridge in the apartment,
2: Dietrich. I remember. Hey,
0: hey, <laughs> hey I, 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 I graduated top my class in grad school, so go fuck yourself.
3: <laughs> Ooh, okay. <laughs> if we're talking <laughs> flexes here, not uh,
0: But, um... But that, that, that is the thing, like, it, it's, in college, I think we put so much focus on this, like, running thing, and it's like, if it doesn't go well, we just kind of lose it, and it's finding that kind of balance, and also that patience of being able to do this uh, post-college, uh, because ultimately, like, it's, you're not a professional runner, none of us are professional runners, and even if you're a professional runner, more than likely not making enough money to survive, you probably have to have another job on top of that. I'm sorry, but in the USATF is fucked up, and... It's not paying our athletes enough like the other professional athletes.
2: Yeah, it's the, U- it's the USATF's fault, not my fault for not being amazing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I am good enough to make a Again. living off of this. USATF, pay me. <laughs> Again, first and foremost, I'm a
3: hater. Thanks uh, <laughs> True. Drop your address, D Dietrich, so USATF knows where to find you, so they can send you your free money. They'll find these hands but...
0: waiting for them. <laughs> <laughs> But, but it is the thing where, like, you need to figure out, like, where running fits in your life, and it needs to not be a priority. Like, it should be, a, like, yeah. if you want to do well in it, like, make it a priority for training in the time that you're doing it, but it shouldn't be the priority of your entire life anymore. Like, I don't think, I, I personally, for the vast majority of ourselves that are not, like, actually trying to find a future in running, like, actually professional. Um, so, I guess the 99% of us, I don't believe there's any... I, I don't see that there's a, a really much, like, longevity with people that go, like, bank all all in and don't have, a, like, a stable other part of life. Like, you need to have... Like, running can't be the main priority. There has to be other stuff in, 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 in it because otherwise it's just going to be this shit's exhausting <laughs> like,
3: yeah cause yeah under, but- at least with college like you
0: don't have any other responsibilities like yeah you have school and you can just like but like in general you're hanging out with your friends and you're going to school and that's basically it like when you have a full-time job and you're like going and just like actually have to pay bills and different things like that and that's the stressors of your life and like realizing that like well if i fail a test well i can just take another test if i fail my job i get fired <laughs> yeah (laughs) so it's like that's the stresses of that it's like much more like there needs to be other priorities outside of running and there needs to be a healthy balance of being able to say like hey running can be can take a backseat for a little bit it doesn't need to take a full backseat on it but it can be take a backseat for a little bit why try to focus on other things and especially in those transitions from college to post-college like it needs to happen like I think a lot of the first thing I always tell people when they're like graduating is like, give yourself a, like at least six months to a year to like realize that it's going to take a little bit to get used to it. Like a change in scenery, a change in location, a change in even lifestyle. Like it has such a major effect on your running mm-hmm. and like, it's crazy. Like to think like you can be running the best workouts of your life and not be well in a race and it's really like, Oh, it's everything else.
3: Yeah. I think, yeah, I think um, that was all really well said and it actually makes me think of the it, i feel like i've been really lucky in the time after my college running's been done you know when like the the height of your focus is on it um it i've had some really good conversations with my own college teammates teacher included about kind of our relationships with running and how they've molded um one of them i remember specifically uh our good friend lucas lost we'll give a shout out to him he uh one of his favorite bands and and one of my favorite bands as well is the smashing pumpkins and we had this conversation one night about um we had all listened to this song called 33 that billy corgan wrote when he was 27 and kind of the idea behind the song he explained was that he wrote it from the perspective of where he thought he'd be when he was 33 years old when he had this settled down house with his wife and these kids and the the fame was dying down a little bit, but he still had kind of the excess of, of kind of his rock star lifestyle, um, and he talks about how you know not long after he wrote that song, he realized that wasn't going to be the future he had when he was 33, and like how do you, how do you reshape those things and how do you reshape your life around that? So I think that we kind of I remember we all kind of talked about in a way we brought that back to running about you know, if you strip away running from everything in your life you know what else do you have you want you need to make sure that you have more um and even if we all have these different frames of running you know some of us are a little more committed some of us are kind of just doing it to do it and some people don't run as much at all anymore um and that's okay and i think that still recognizing that it's not a thing of there's no like intrinsic or external pressure. Like I have to be running or because I'm not running, I'm a bad person, even though I used to be running a lot. I think, you know, we've all been able to develop a healthy perspective to like our own sense of like, and maybe when we get to our 33, you know, I'm sure my running will, my relationship with running will look different when I'm 33 than it is now. And that's just what happens with time. But you got to make sure that your perspective is, even keels
0: with all that. I hate to throw the the analogy uh, the the very uh, kind of crass analogy to it, but it's kind of like when you're a senior or a junior in the team, and it goes for both genders. It goes for both genders. You're senior and junior in the team, and the freshman comes in with a girlfriend, girlfriend or boyfriend from college, and you're just like, well, let's see how this turns out. It's kind of like the same thing. But every time I see a person, like a like a, an athlete out of a like like out of college and it's like they're still really really in love with running and it's like oh we'll see how it turns out in the next year or two um, <laughs> so it's like trying to see like because it is there's like kind of this like idea that you have when you're like at your peak of your senior year and it's like i have this like dream of like how running's supposed to be and then you realize like oh shit i gotta fit running into everything else <laughs> wait the way the, the uh the athletic trainer is not free anymore <laughs> it's really expensive that's the worst. To get PT? I, I, yeah
1: that's tough that's a tough realization i
2: will say the beauty of it kind of is based off from colleges that you're not being like rushed anymore as far as like yeah in college you did have it made but I do remember like there are times and seasons and I remember telling my friend this like while we were in college like it's insanely hard to have two back to back really good seasons like which mm-hmm. you would it think was. like it's pretty simple but like no it's just like insanely hard as far as like he I remember um, he in college had like a pretty like rough freshman year really good sophomore year rough junior year of really good or really good uh, senior year until it got canceled or something like that. And I was like the exact opposite. I was good like really good freshman year, terrible sophomore year, really good junior year, blah, blah, blah. And part of that I think is just because like at the, the first sign of like an injury or anything happening, like you have like two weeks to figure it out. Otherwise, like you're at championship season <laughs> basically at that point. And it's like, all right, like you either got to put down a time while you're halfway injured or find a way to recover from this injury within, like, a couple weeks. Otherwise, you're behind. Like, So now that you're, like, out, you have, like, kind of your time to not only, like, figure out your priorities, but also just, like, there's no, like, rush here, especially when you come out. Like, you're 22, 23 years old when you come out of college. You have, like, another t- 10 years of, almost, of, if you want to continue down this road of PRing and getting better, like, you have that time. Um, and I think that's, kind of like it's really like a long sighted view that's hard to have but sometimes it's like kind of comforting that whenever you come up on those like harsh realities of like injury or like stress that like it's going to be there when you come back like it's not going anywhere for a while so that was kind of like yeah that was like a thing that me and my uh my roommate in college always talked about kind of with how hard it was to just bounce back in the middle of a year in college versus coming out yeah yeah
0: it's, it's hard, like, because it's something that I've talked, I've been pretty open about, especially with some of the younger guys in this area, it's, like, I think it comes up as kind of, I, I think it could come up as kind of a negative, and somebody I used to coach they so used to think I, like, said that I was, like, negative about it, but it's, like, I think there's, there's a honeymoon phase of running, especially if, like, coming, cut and throwing a set, like, if you're a new runner to this, like, it's the honeymoon phase the entire time for those first couple of years of just dropping times exponentially. And it's like, I come, at, I come at it from the perspective of like, oh, a lot of injuries. And also like me trying to figure out running when that's like, just like become a very much a vice for me. Um, and it's like saying like, hey, I. it's not going to be like that. Like it, it's not going to be like sunshine and daisies the entire time. You got to figure out why you enjoy it. Um, so, like, when I see people that are very like single-minded on it, I'm like, you got to figure something else out about this. Because, like, once it goes wrong, like, it's gonna be like that's a test. I always say that's a test of like the real run, like the not the real runner, but like how much you actually enjoy it is like when it goes because it is going to and I
2: wrong. Also, want to say like are you, are you talking about <laughs> me, man? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, actually, yeah, no, but. Um... <laughs> You're still yeah, here, man. aren't you? He's still here. But, um, like, the other thing, I also kind of want to make this distinction, because it might sound like we're all just, like, kind of saying, like, yeah, guys, like, stop taking running so seriously, like, really, like, chill out, guys, like, no, like, I want to make this distinction that we're saying, like, we, like, we still care deeply about it, but you can't let it, like, you can't have it just ruin your day anymore. In like Mm -hmm. the way that we were talking about, like in college when you would have a bad race and go home and sulk for the entire weekend, like, and maybe that was just us four. I highly doubt it was, but like,
0: I was a piece of shit if I didn't run well. I would um, would run well and get on
2: the bus and just almost be relieved, like, well at least this bus ride's not gonna suck. Like I ran well, now the bus ride's not gonna suck. Like, and you guys are gonna hate me (laughs) this weekend.
3: I would just listen to Radiohead, like just Radiohead. But I think also
2: I had this I had this thought too this weekend um, when we saw um, obviously we will bring him up again. We saw Zach run 216 at CIM this weekend, which is a huge PR for him. He's going to the trials. um, So huge shout out to him. Um, But he's probably like no matter how busy we say we are here, he's even like he's 10 times busier. Like the amount of like I'm not going to go into it, but the amount of shit he does is ridiculous. And uh, being like a dad and everything like that, while also running all those miles and um, no, <laughs> MF miles, nice. baby. And uh, <laughs> I did like I, you, obviously. Like the people listening probably haven't seen it, but like he had like the emotion come out like at the end of his marathon, where he said he was like he was crying those last like 30 seconds, like when he saw the finish line, and he was just like yelling the entire way coming through. And this is like where I'm gonna say the opposite of like. For those people who are looking for a reason to keep going it's like it's that dude like because it even made me think about like how much like i miss caring about something that much like mm-hmm. that right there like you don't get many things in life that bring you that much emotion and that much like like and bring out that much emotion from you like there's not that many things in life mm-hmm. and when you see it it's kind of beautiful and it like if you're looking for a reason to keep going it's like you just like. Look at photos of that, man, like, because I guarantee, like, if you kind of, like, get too serious about it, let it envelop you, start, like, all that stuff, like, take your breaks if you need. But, like, I think I speak for most of us here that, like, we would, I think we would miss caring about something that much, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, having that vice outside of um, just having to work all the time or, like, uh, like, go through, like, kind of mundane parts of life and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, he he texted our group chat and said, This is what life and work and this beautiful sport looks like. Is that? And so he put um so we it's like vibes zero last night against the AM. So he did the same thing was just like just cheering. Um and his verbatim was, I believe in fully expressing your emotion, whether happy or sad in a marathon. And we put in so much work for this silly sport. To cross to, like, calm is a waste.
1: Yeah, I mean it's like Chris, we talked about this um, a little bit on our cool down today. Like if you're, you're, you know, three, four, five, however many years removed from college and you're still training at a high level, like you're still stacking mileage, like you're doing quality workouts, like you have to have some level of emotional investment in how you perform. And that's just like the bottom line of our sport. Like if you don't care, you're not going to run very well. And yes. again it is. It's very much like walking that fine line of like okay, yes, like I'm emotionally invested and I really want to do well, but I'm not going to let a bad workout or a bad race ruin my like entire week um because obviously you're a grown ass adult, like you have other stuff to do, right? Yeah. Um but like it just to me it's like important to be emotional about the sport because like, when you look at Zach's marathon, like, look at everything that went into that race. Like, look at the disappointment that happened in Chicago. Look at, like, the months of training that went into that, like... And then to have that emotional outburst, like, that's powerful. Like, that's kind of, like, why we keep lining up to to do this shit. So I think that it's, like... Deidre, like you said, like, you have to you have to care and you have to kind of give a shit to, to still continue to improve.
0: Yeah, pull pull like a lot of these, like this weekend and it's, oh, it's it's hard not to get inspired by it. I pull like, I was trying to find photos for, for one of our newest upers with with Jason and it's like seeing him win his hometown marathon before he, he qualified for the trials and there's a photo of him just like mm-hmm. just losing it and it's just like he won his hometown marathon and then he qualifies for the trials and there's a little video of him just like cheering just like losing his mind there's a photo of Zach hugging hugging uh, one of his uh, I think it was one of the guys that he did the speed project with just like hugging him and it's like you see one of the girls that like was stumbling to the line and just like crawled her way to a 2.30, 6.50, five, like barely under the standard because her legs started giving out and it's like it's the emotion it's the fire and it's like I I, I do it, for my own for my own self like benefit like i i do try to put it as like relaxed as i can because i realize like if i get obsessed with this again i don't run well i get on the line i kind of act like i'm just like "Ah, i'm just gonna have fun with it because like that's i realize that if i'm really obsessed with it i get i i i I lose it you gotta be loose like going in you gotta be loose and confident but yeah Yeah. exactly that's that's the
3: the... oh sorry yeah the the... chris i'll open the door for you
0: Yeah, uh, but there's like, <laughs> there there's a whole thing where it's, I, you have to be obsessed with this still to be putting in the mileage. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to be obsessed with it to be doing 70, 80, 90, 100 miles a week. You got to be still obsessed with it to pick a random Tuesday, head down to Ann Arbor and run... Ridgeway, for harvard for four arms like it's like after work it's yeah like like have that set up after work and go run a workout like you like there has to be some level of obsession with it but there also is like that kind of i don't know if you can call it like maturity to be able to say like divide that from the rest of your life
3: yeah i'd say it's maturity and i think it's maturity and commitment in a lot of ways. And I think that the take I was going to say, it, it, I don't know if it's a hot or cold take, you guys can be the judge of that. But I, I think if you do a marathon, you finish it. I think you reserve the right to, to be a little, be a little teary, be a little emotional afterwards. Um, because it's, it's truly, I mean, the marathon itself is such an amazing physical feat, but also just the culmination of work that you put in, um, you put in a lot, you do a ton for that and you have to be committed to it or else it's just not going to go well. So it's, it really, I think it, you know, honestly, I think it is actually, um, uh, Stu and Noah on D3 Glory Days in your, in your episode, Chris kind of characterized it. Like, I think Noah said any, finishing any marathon is an emotional experience. And I was like, absolutely. Um, because it's just, it's, it's so, uh, it's just unlike anything else in running and I, I think but I think you have to balance it well I, I'd, I'd say like Boston my first Boston I think my emotions weren't balanced well because I I put a little too much emotional weight into that race it was like it's Boston it's my first Boston I had a really bad 2020 and I kind of almost saw that race as like a pain reliever which was like kind of a dangerous thing to do and when it didn't, so when it didn't go well I mean it had sour taste in my mouth but I think you know conversely when i went to chicago i was like you kind of need to just uh, poker face but also you know have fun with it like kind of like the said, keep it loose keep it fun keep it confident and yeah. it worked out in that day and um i uh, i i got yeah i got a little my eyes were a little watery after chicago especially when I saw I would, my parents but
0: <laughs> i'd I say i was a little disappointed about about boston itself not so much like i the race didn't go well but like I just remember the last six miles were me like, not being happy about it because I'm just like, not, I'm just trying to finish, trying to get back, just trying to figure something out, trying to get back out there and just like, now let's say this, we had this conversation this morning. I don't, I fully, if you're, if you're a racer and you're really like going after it, I personally don't believe in the whole like, i'm gonna enjoy the day mm-hmm. like i'm gonna enjoy like i see that so much on strava and it's so, like golf power to you if you're doing it whatever but like for me personally like if i'm falling apart in a marathon i'm fighting all the way to the end yeah like i'm not gonna start jump like I, I, i'm I, just gonna i'm gonna hammer as much as i can and see how, my, how far i can go i'm gonna you're gonna have to pull me off the fucking course um, exactly and it's like but the thing is with with Boston that, that year it was like I, I didn't I don't think I even wrote about it. It was just like it was such a disappointment for like six miles or like or I guess like four miles or just like realizing that like my goal of breaking two thirty wasn't gonna happen. And then like I just kinda just just try to hold it in, I folded it in I was like, This sucks. I didn't appreciate it, I didn't enjoy it, I didn't like I just yeah, it was just such a bitter taste in my mouth. Where like Chicago, I remember the racing. I don't re- actually remember the city at all, which like I kind of feel bad about that because like, all I focused on was the guy in front of me. I didn't focus on the city itself. So, like I didn't like the Chinat- Like I don't remember going across to the Chinatown like at all. Like I, I like didn't the- either.
3: Honestly, it was very like I I had to. Everyone told me that uh, Chinatown was like you're gonna know when you're in Chinatown because it's like just crazy energy, and it was like maybe it was uh, it was crazier earlier. That?
0: Yeah, I didn't really feel it on my end. I was just, like, focused on biting, getting the next pack, and that was it, so... Yeah. But, like, I don't know, it's... There's still a point where, like, I hadn't felt like that. Like, even Chicago was, like, I think the most... the Chicago wasn't the most emotional that I felt. I think it's probably Boston. Boston, like, 2022, where I finally, like, actually... Like, it was, like, a couple years of, like, work for that to try to finally break through there. Um, That's where I got emotional. Like, I was, like, I finally fucking did it. I finally fucking did what I've been trying to set out to. And I hadn't had that kind of, like, feeling since I ran fast stuff. And, like, that's, like... I haven't had that feeling since, like, I felt fast. Like, running a mile or, like, running, like... Like, there's nothing exhilarating like running a really fast Dude, track. Dude, the, intoc- yeah, the track is intoxicating. Yeah, I'm telling you guys. The track is intoxicating. i you. Yeah, that's why it's so hard for us to leave it. That's like, why I haven't <laughs> Like, <laughs> when, when you, like, run really fast on the track, it's so hard to leave it, and it's like, I can't ever get that. Because, like, a road 5K, I, will, I don't get that emotion. No. A road 10K, <clears> I don't <throat> get that emotion. I really, I'm just like... I really don't give a shit.
1: It, it is something. There is something about just like the atmosphere of the track and like maybe it is cuz we're so conditioned cuz we had done it for so long like that was, you know, that's a huge part of your high school and college careers like setting a PB on the track is is pretty fucking electric.
0: Like it's a oh good Oh my god, feeling. yeah. I mean, you're, you're out, in there. Oh, you're yeah. in there. You're battling. You're in like you're in the pit. And and I think
1: it's like too. Like whenever I'm on the track, I associate it with those memories like when you're at a meet in college and your teammates are all there like cheering for you like there's just, like, this this atmosphere to it. This, like, yeah. um, sense memory that makes it powerful.
0: Like, it's, it's just different. I, I would say, like, Toledo didn't give, like, half marathons don't really give you that. Except for NYC half. NYC half was pretty cool. Except for, like, a lot of it was kind of shitty. Like, the middle parts are kind of shitty. But, like, the marathon's different. <laughs> the marathon's, like, pretty much, like, an adventure like you're on an adventure. I, I can sit here and tell you that I've run dual meets uh,
1: that had a better energy than finishing the Toledo half marathon. <laughs> finishing <laughs> this into it
2: in last this, full stadium was absolutely We are absolutely, we are this absolutely ripping this, mar- <laughs> this marathon apart, dude. Hey, hate, hate,
1: hate, 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 hate. Just spin the facts here. I'm not trying to be a hater, but. First and just foremost, tell them we are I
0: haters. <laughs> uh but no the, but there is a thing with that like the camaraderie that comes with track racing and different things like oh like it's so hard to like you. it's addicting so like it's most most like that's also a thing like most motor races aren't going to be exciting <laughs> like it'll be fun racing if yeah. you like if you like racing that's fun but like the emotion that comes from it I think the emotion will only come from like you're like I think it comes from a couple of things it comfort come from track it'll come from Cross country racing with a team that you love or marathon. There's not really any other. Like when you run a half you run a fast half marathon, who gives a shit? (laughs) You run a fast tenk on the roads, who gives a shit? Who run the fast pathk on the roads, who gives a shit? Like when you're running with the when you're running with your group for a cross country race and you're like fighting for every spot (laughs) and you finish and you see Mm -hmm. how like everybody together it's just like Yeah. Or like you're on a track race and you feel the fastest you've ever raced, it's like Fuck yeah, that's fucking, the emotion's there. Yeah. But, like, other than that, I don't have, I've never had it from anything else. And that might be case to
1: case. Like, I'm sure there are some people who, like, they have run an electrifying, like, road 10K, and it was, like, the best memory they've ever had. So I think it, it probably just depends, but I, I don't know. Personally, I'm in the camp, like, I haven't experienced, like, the feeling I get when I PR on, like, a, five, a 5K on the track that I have, like, in a half marathon,
3: yeah i think i think that speaks to you know after, after after collegiate running being able to make or even just running in general when you're not part of a team like atmosphere per se being able to have goals that aren't necessary necessarily like quantitative and being able to make them your own maybe like you know this whether or not it's I want to run sub 230 at Boston, or if it's I want to run my first half marathon after I've had stress fracture after stress fracture. It's, I, I, and I think that's where you see those little victories where someone, like you said, Max, case by case, you know, you can see someone amped as hell at your local 5K. And that could just be because they, that was their first 5K they've done in years. They haven't been able to do it, or, you know, whatever reason may be out there. And I think that's what's beautiful about the sport as a whole. Is that no matter what background you come from, whether or not you were a collegiate runner, if you were a D1 All American, or if you picked up the sport, you know when you were 27. For Woo! wow, we popping something back there? The New Year's right. Eve. Um. Anyways, regardless of your background, being able to find these goals and find your victories in whatever that environment is is a really special thing.